Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. Best friends forever. Hour number two, Fantasy Best Friends Forever, Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Frank Stample, Greg Sussman here with you. Greg. What what do I do now? I just found something out that's terrible. Am I going to be upset? Or is it one of the things I won't care about? You will not care. All right, cool. You can't watch the Chris Archer game for some reason? Pirates do not have a television. What Frank said, because he was whispering, you couldn't hear him. The, the, the Pirates do not have a television broadcast today, and I want to watch Chris Archer pitch. So this worked out well? No. We'll just have to listen to it on the radio. <laughs> I don't know how that's going to work out. I'm just kidding, Greg. I'll follow, I'll follow like a... a Dude, why doesn't... Wait, who are the Pirates... I'll follow a play-by-play wait, 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 from wait, like wait, a Pirates... Wait, 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 wait. Who are the Pirates playing? The Orioles. Do they have a broadcast? No, neither team is on television today. Hilarious. No, don't say that, Greg. It's hilarious. Because nobody hilarious. wants to watch an Orioles Pirates split squad spring training game. How do you know they're split squads? Am I right? No, you're, no, you're not. <laughs> All right. You know what I like? Well, someone would argue that the, the Orioles roster is a split squad. You know who I kind of like, by the way? Speaking of the Orioles, I think you might have drafted him, or maybe we may have talked about him recently, and I kind of just discovered him separately from when we were all talking I already about. know what you're going to say. Okay. Say it. Say it. I'm shaking my head. I don't want who to is it, Greg? It. You said you already know who I'm going to say. Are you gonna, is he an outfielder? Yeah, he is. He's shaking. And he's sh- on my team. I'm shaking my head Yes, He's now. on my great fantasy baseball invitational team, Greg. I like him. Very cheap. 15 homers, 15 stolen bases. Cost nothing. Cedric Mullins! My man! The second. I like him. I like Cedric Mullins. I like him more now that I know he has like the, the Roman numeral initial thing after his name. I like Cedric Mullins, Can I Mullins, be Frank Stanfield too? FS2? That can, can we make a lower? Sure. Right, so we're gonna do it. We're gonna make lower thirds. That I'm gonna I'm gonna be FS two Frank Stample the second or Fox Sports two, and you will be uh, Greg Sussman the fourth. But I'm not. But it'll be IV. Your father. Be you. Your father's name is Frank. I just call him the Don's. I, I thought his name was Frank. The Don. His name was Frank. Don's birthday is coming up. What do you want for Thursday? Did he want to come in for his sixtieth birthday? Did he want to come on the air? We have a big, was we have a big of, birthday bash this week. Wasn't that like one of his dreams uh, to be on the air with us? Yeah, we'll have him on before the season. You starts. have him on for his birthday. I don't know if he wants to do that, though. I'll ask him. Figure it out. Nice birthday present. I mean, he's not a prospect guy, but... What does he One mean? thing that you're going to learn about my dad you know if he comes on the air is, you'll probably hear a lot, is he likes power. Like, we, we only play in points leagues together. Like, my points league, my points home league, he's a part of it. He just drafts guys that, like, mash home runs. That's his thing. He'll probably like Matt Olson this year. The Chris Davis guy? Oh, yeah. He owned Chris Davis last year. He owns Chris Davis every year. And you know what? Before Chris Davis with a K, he owned Chris Davis with a C every year. He likes Joey Gallo? Big Joey Gallo guy? No, he doesn't like Joey Gallo, actually. He doesn't like Joey Gallo. How do you, know, how do you like power? I don't know, I like Joey Gallo. We're going to have to ask him. I have a headache today, by the way. Sorry, Greg. I noticed by your NBA recap. What if I thought? That was harsh. <laughs> I didn't have a, he- I didn't yeah, have a headache I had earlier. I like 18 retakes for his NBA recap that I had to edit out today. Great job, Greg. It's magic of editing. No one's supposed to know that, Frank. <laughs> 
I didn't have a headache. I mean, then. no one knows anyway. You know, I think like, like, I, like I, five people watching us at home. I think that maybe that maybe would have. That's what gave me the headache. Yeah. That constantly be, messing up. Constantly messing up. What like, about my headache? Constantly fixing. You know what's awesome? <laughs> it's like thankfully we don't keep the outtakes where I'm just like dropping f bombs constantly. That's kind of, I, I can't imagine. I can't believe Frank doesn't Probably like could. love that. I will say uh, the one saving grace of you messing up constantly today during the NBA recap was you getting mad at yourself. So I was laughing about that while editing. I'm pissed at myself. Yeah. I dropped f bombs like not at anybody my else. My favorite myself. is when you do this one. I Come did. on, Greg. I try to, and, like you give yourself a pep. Talk. I try to help myself. Let's go. Come on. What I'm constantly doing. Uh, I just got a text message from a, a friend. Uh, his name rhymes with. Is it a J? J Fresh? I forgot his name. Jeff? No, uh, the other guy. Jared? Gabe? Heller? No, the the dude that we had in studio. The oh, art. Jerry, Jerry Wolf. Yeah, Jeremy. Oh, J Wolf Studios. Right, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. It's a no. J Fresh. Because he never gave me his email. He's supposed to contact me afterwards. Um, I'm supposed to help him. His, you. his name rhymes with. Lake Billy, and he says you can watch the Orioles on the Mason site stream, Mason, Mid Atlantic Sports Network site stream. Really? So, I so, feel like it would be on MLB TV. That's if what they had it. Right? That's what Lake Billy says. All right, tell me again. Where do I find it? Mason. Just go to Mason's website. Mason.com. Mm-hmm. All right, I'm on it, guys. Thank you, Lake Billy. Whatever your name is. Lake Billy is his name. <laughs> Mason.com is not a real website. Oh, Masonsports.com is a real website. Frank, people have already who are listening to this hours later already knows what happens. So we're not spending more time on this. Okay. We wanted to get into Jake Arietta, which is where we left off before the break. Jake Arietta, former ace, obviously, underwhelmed last year in Philadelphia, says he was hurt, he was pushing himself, yada yada yada, everything you'd expect him to say. You watched him in spring training, or you saw him three perfect innings. Ranked very, very low for most people. But can he be in this range with Jay Happ? Can he be in this range with Quintana? Can he be in this range of a Kyle Hendricks, of a guy that, hey, you draft as a veteran and you can pair up a young player with? Does Jake Arrieta fit that mold? Yes and no. I mean, there were a lot of warning signs last year that kind of told you he was done. And how much of that was attributed to him being hurt, as you mentioned, uh, just him getting older? I mean... He's 32 years old now. Um, He's, you know what? He's turning 33 tomorrow, Greg. I just realized March 6th is his birthday. Uh, So, you know, he pitched to a 396 ERA last year. The the indicators were right there in line. I mean, the strikeouts were way down. Yeah, you know, it was 7.19 strikeouts per nine. The swinging strikes were abysmal. His swinging strike rate was 7.8%. I I mean, league average is like right around 10%. Uh, I mean, the past two years... How about this? From like his heyday back in 2015 with the Cubs, he's gone from 11.1% to 10.5% to 8.7% in 2017. Last year, his first year with the Phillies, 7.8%. He did get better in terms of command. He started throwing more first-pitch strikes. Uh, he also started getting more ground balls again. I mean, the ground ball rate was all, all the way up to 51.6%. I owned him in a points league. He wasn't so bad last year. Uh, you know, he would go deep into games. He was a little bit erratic. He, he was inconsistent, but... The other day, in a spring training start, he went three perfect innings and had four strikeouts. This is what we talk about, like, watching spring training, and it's not just like you overreact, oh, well, you know what, we all got to draft Arietta now. Like, no, let's watch a few more Jake Arietta starts here yep. and see if this becomes a trend. Like, let's see if the swinging strikes are starting to come back and the deception is coming back. And maybe, maybe he was hurt last year. Maybe it's because he was signed so late and, you know, he didn't have a normal spring training last year. 
maybe these are all things that can have a bounce back season. Cole Hamels, right? We're talking about the renaissance last year with Cole Hamels. Maybe Jake Arrieta could have something like that this season. He's a name that I want to pay attention to throughout spring training. I don't want to overreact too much. I have him just outside my top 50 at starting pitcher. Can he be one of these guys? That was your question. I think he can. I would say it's less than 50% likely as of now, but that percentage chance could creep up with every start that I see throughout spring training where he starts getting more swinging strikes and starts getting more strikeouts again because that's something that has been lacking from his game the past couple of years, Greg. And I want to see if this is something that could become a trend and something that he builds off of going into the, the regular season. All right, so we're going to be watching throughout spring training, seeing what Jake Arrieta He has my is. attention. He has your attention. Yeah. You know who else has my attention, too? Madison Bumgarner. No one's talking about? Well, I mean, for different reasons, Madison Bumgarner has my attention. His teammate, Jeff Samarja, Greg. Jeff Samarja, I know. Yeah, it, it, that, that's exactly right, Greg. But you know what? You know what? Arietta, his ADP is 214, right? Yeah. Let's... Let's uh, get guess Jeff Samarja's ADP right now, right? Because everyone is exactly like you. Head in the hands. It's over for Jeff Samarja. He sucks. You tried to do this last year. This is ADP, Greg. You tried to do this last year. Brett, guess his ADP. 314. Nope. 465. Nope. 580. 488. <laughs> 488, Greg. This guy is free. He's nothing. You get him for nothing. I mean, he's an end of your bench, like, even if, especially if you're playing a deeper league, if you're playing an NL only, especially. He's 150th pitcher off the board. The velocity has bounced back during the spring. He looked great yesterday. I pick 488. I mean, he's another name that I'm paying attention to during the spring. Oh, Greg, God. why can't Jeff Samarja be like these guys that we're talking about? They give, bad. You, they give you 180 innings pitched of a four ERA. Like, these are all the guys that we're talking about, right? Why can't he give you 180 innings pitched in Oracle Park, no longer AT&T, of 180-plus innings, four ERA, with 160, 170 strikeouts, with a decent whip? If you need an innings eater, why can't Jeff Samard be that? And he's going to pick 488, 150th pitcher off the board. He has my attention. I'll leave it there. Did you give his ERA last year for the Giants? He was hurt last year. He, like, barely pitched. 44 innings. He sucked. 6.25 ERA. Like, 44 innings. All right, the year before, he only had a 4.42 ERA. All right, how about you give him the year before that? The, the indicator said he was going to be so much better. It's true. He was. 3.60 XFIP. Isn't that, wouldn't that be something that we're talking about this year? There's some more just stinks, dude. Just get how, how about his 2016 when he was 3.81 ERA, Greg? Great. 3-8-1 ERA in the National League West. Great. 2017, that, that year where he had a 4.42 ERA, he had a 1.14 whip, Greg. A 1.14 whip is more in line with an ERA like his ERA indicator. Sure. Like, if you have a 1.14 whip you and you have a 4.4 ERA, you got unlucky. Dude, so, you flat out got unlucky. So, so being not Jeff saying, Samarge a truther, that's fine. I'm not saying that. You have to draft him in the same range as Arietta. It's not even close. I just pointed out to you. Arietta's going to pick 214. Jeff March is going to pick 488. If you want to talk about using spring training to see if a guy can bounce back this year and give you anything, Jeff March is a guy to watch during spring training. Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. He's going to pick 488, Greg. He's free. Even that year where he had a 4.4 ERA in 2017, his hard hit rate was 30%, Greg. 30%. You know what, man? I'll tell you. 10% swinging strike rate. 33% chase rate. 
Hmm, kind of sounds like oh. all these other pitchers that we're talking about who are going inside the top 40. So be the I can't I don't know 65 be the Jeff Samarja guy. Strike be the Jeff Samarja guy. I am. I'm going to draft him on the end of all my rosters this year. Not one of them and, or two of them. And if he sucks, then I'll drop him. It's fine. He was my last round pick. Come in the guy that made my, us keep Des Bryant for like nine weeks. And he would have been great with New Orleans. <laughs> he would have been great with New Orleans, Greg. You know it. <laughs> Just like Brandon Marshall. Why, why do you hate him so much? He's not good. Plus, like, there's like a Baby Shark song now too, so we can actually like he has like a theme song. Creative team names. Um, <laughs> Why do you hate Jeff Samarja? Let me go to. Let me go to Kyle. Where do you have him ranked, Greg? I, I got to move him up now. I don't think I do have. Just him to ranked. put it in your eye. Do I have him ranked? I have him seventy fourth. Again, I don't. I'm leaving him there. Sure. I like him there. Top seventy five starting pitcher, Jeff Samarja. I don't think I have him. I don't have him ranked. I'm drafting him. Drafting him everywhere. I don't think Florio and I ranked him. Don't be like Greg. Be like me. And we ranked him. He's right behind Lance Lynn. Remember last year at this time, he was everyone's darling before he got hurt? Not mine. Everyone's darling. Not mine and Florio's. And now you're getting him at pick 488. Good for you. It's free. Um, Who else do we have here? I want to go to the Colorado guys. Not Herman Marquez. But specifically, Johnny Gray, line, Johnny Gray and Kyle Freeland. I think we have to talk about him. I think they're going around this spot. I never do the Colorado thing. I think it's just you call it, you're asking for a disaster. I know how good Herman Marquez was. I understand how good Kyle Freeland was. And I owned John Gray for parts last year in the second half when Florio said, you should do it. And Frank's like, I think you should do it. So I did it. And it worked out for a while. But I think Kyle Freeland, Greg. Where's Kyle, Kyle Freeland going? I think he's going around here, man. He's going pick 163. That's around let's here. Let's figure this out right now. Let's, yeah. let's do some math. All right, well. He's going pick 460. He's going pick 163. He averaged under eight Ks per nine last year. Is this a Jeff Samarjo joke? He averaged over three walks per nine last year. He had a 2.85 ERA. His XFIP was 4.22. I knew where this He's going to pick 163. And he pitches in Colorado. I don't want Kyle Freeland. How about you look in the same division and you get someone who's going 300 plus picks later who pitches in a way better ballpark who's basically the same pitcher even he has way better control too. So this was Kyle Freeland was a ground ball specialist whose ground ball rate went down last year. He got lucky with his left on base percentage, which was eighty three percent. He had a two eighty five BABIP pitching in Coors Field, and his ERA indicators were much higher than his two point eight five ERA. And there's a pitcher going three hundred picks later who pitches in a pitcher's ballpark, who's going to give you more strikeouts, less walks. I don't get it. I don't get it. So do you have him ranked behind Jeff Samarja? I mean, I have them closer than other people do. Uh, Kyle Freeland for me is 64. I mean, I don't want anything to do with him. So why do you, why don't you, Jeff Samarja, why don't you have Samarja higher Jeff Samarja 74. They're in the same tier for me. You should have him higher. It's 10 spots, man. Well, he had a 2A5 ERA last year. <laughs> <laughs> what about his teammate, Johnny Gray? Uh, John Gray, I recognize the upside a little bit more, and he's, I gotta move these. Jonathan Gray or Kyle Freeland? John Gray. I move him down to 50. I don't think he sucks. No, now you're in on John Gray. Last year when you had my back and we're yelling about, at Florio about how bad John Gray is. I don't think he sucks. Now you like John Gray. I kind of like John Gray. I want to like John why do you, Gray. Why do you like John Gray? I don't know, man. Just list all the reasons why everyone else likes John Gray. I'm not because going to. Because if you play in an XFIP league, he has a career 3.54 XFIP. Although he has a, a career 4.65 ERA. That's why I like him. That's why everyone likes him. How about you read out his career uh, 68.9% left on base percentage, Greg? He's never been able to pitch with guys on base. 
ever. Guess what? what? When you have guys on base, you know where you're going to give up more hits? Coors Field! Anything else, Greg? Anything else you want? You're just going to start singing? <laughs> Does that have anything to do with John Gray at all? No, unless he's dating Vanessa Carlton, which I don't think he is. Probably not. Yeah. He used to have some long, luscious blonde hair. Yeah. No, I mean, seriously, though. Like, I understand why everyone likes John Gray. Over a strikeout per inning for his career, under three walks per night for his career, like 48% ground ball rate. He, like, the talent is there. Swinging strike rate last year, 12%. I mean, that's ridiculous. That's higher than Nick Pavetta. That's where it's always at, too. He was getting ahead more in the count last year. He was throwing more first-pitch strike. I, I understand. Like, seriously. I know I bash John Gray a lot. I understand why people like him. But I've done the John Gray thing. He always leaves you wanting more. Always. I don't know, maybe this is the year he puts it together and pitches to those peripherals. I don't know if it's going to be on my team. Oh, wait, look, he's going late. Like, he's a 71st pitcher off the board. According to NFBC, that's including relief pitchers. So, pick 201. You know who's going after him? Joe Musgrove. I have much worse news for you than not finding the Rocky, the Pirates game. I'll let you know when we come back. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. Hi, my name is Lily. My mom and dad used to fight about money all the time. Then one day, I heard them talking about this guy. Some uncle I never knew called Uncle Sam. Well, they say this Uncle Sam guy wanted them to pay him like a gazillion dollars. And they didn't have a gazillion dollars. So they called this company they heard on the radio called The Tax Doctor. And The Tax Doctor worked with Uncle Sam's people. I think they're called the IRS. And they're able to work it out so my mom and dad didn't have to pay Uncle Sam very much money at all. So now mom and dad are happy. And I'm happy too. Thanks, Tax Doctor. If you owe $10,000 or more to the IRS or state, call now and pay less. 800-215-1727. 800-215-1727. That's 800-215-1727. Game time decisions. You know, at this point, too, I think people are desensitized. It's sort of like uh, car crashes in a Duke has Dukes of Hazard. After you've seen a Dukes of Hazard uh, enough times, nobody asks, oh, I wonder if the guy's going to be okay after the crash. They're always okay. <laughs> Great car crashes and, <laughs> and scenes, though, Brad. So you got to love Roscoe Pico training those uh, car crashes with Enos. Legend. But all those shows, Cam, like, but well, you have to show they're okay. Weekdays, 4 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Pacific, only on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Join the experts live on the air every day by calling in at 844-843-6879 to join the Fantasy Sports Network. Frank uh, thought this was the DuckTales song rather than Call Me Al by Paul Simon. That's interesting. <laughs> you know who Paul Simon is? Uh, sounds familiar. 
I would have given you Paul Simon, you would have said what? Uh, mayor. Right. Artist. Catch the Going to the Green podcast each week on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. It's the Daily Roto you know, Crew. Tell me who he is. Breaks down. Have you ever heard of Simon and Garfunkel? Oh, yeah, for sure. That guy. Never, never heard of them, did you? Of course I have, Greg. Fantasy Sports Radio Network is Daily Roto Crew breaks down the upcoming PGA tournament from a fantasy perspective. Going for the Green Talks course history, PGA betting, one and done fantasy picks, and much more. Separate yourself from the field and go for the green. With Daily Roto, this fantasy golf season on Audio Boom, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Uh, the news I had, which is breaking live on the radio, and of course, you obviously hear this on the podcast. Uh, Luis Severino was scratched with right shoulder discomfort. He will go and undergo further testing this afternoon. If you're following along my tweets today. I've been tweeting a lot today. <laughs> yeah, it, you're already in a really bad mood. I have a headache, number one. Number two, Dave Gettleman may have probably gave me my headache. This Definitely. Is, not May. It was a... Only an imbecile doesn't keep a Louis, uh, Louis, Landon Collins for $11 <laughs> million. Why? Because, you know, I'm an idiot. That's why. You'd rather pay Eli Manning $23 million and Alex Ogletree more money. Because they're older, I guess. That first gave me the headache. And then Luis Severino, the ace of the New York Yankees, has right shoulder discomfort. Things are going great, Frank. Yeah, we obviously don't have much news about it right now. Outside of what you've mentioned, he's going to go uh, undergo evaluation and undergo some tests, and they're going to find out what's going on there. But, look, we were already worried about guys like Kershaw because he was hurt throughout the spring and Fulton Nevich because he was hurt. And Andrew Heaney, I told you I lowered these guys down the rankings. I- I'm not going to react too prematurely here, but you, I mean, if you already drafted him, you, you have to be at least somewhat worried about this. His shoulder, especially, you know, uh, his right shoulder. It's his throwing shoulder. You have to worry about this when it comes to Luis Severino. So, obviously, super worried here for fantasy purposes, for the Yankees' real-life purposes here. But, you know, if he is going to miss any time, maybe, you know, starts the season on a DL or anything, a lot of people who have been banging the drum uh, for Domingo Herman as a, uh, as, you know, as Yankee rotation depth. He has a lot of swing and miss stuff. He's looked good during the spring. Uh, he was, you know, he was a guy last year who had the peripherals too. Uh, so, look, I think we have a little bit more focus on a guy like him now. If you draft Severino, maybe you, you draft uh, Domingo Herman as well, or even Jonathan Loizaga, who has pitched well in the spring. And, uh, you know, the Yankees' farm system a little bit more depleted now than it has been in years past, but he's their top-ranked pitching prospect. So there are a few names to pay attention to. Uh, if you did draft Severino, if you plan to draft Severino, it's rough, man. We've already, you know, we've already had pitcher injuries, and now we're, we're just getting another one. So, we'll see what the tests say, but it's definitely concerning. Definitely. Holding my breath now. We had, we had 13 starting pitchers who were like that top tier, and if anything happens to him, then we might be down to 12. One less right there. Okay. Um, we're kind of going by team, not by team, but like I'm trying to pair it off. And it brings me to, this is going to be our last day talking starting pitchers. Tomorrow we're going to get into relief pitchers. So I wanted to get in the Astros, guys, because we talked a lot about the Astros and Verlander and Cole the other day. But what about everybody else? Right now, Dallas Keiko is still a free agent, and while there is still a chance the Astros do re-sign him, there's, well, three more fifths to this rotation. And those three fifths, as of now, include Colin McHugh, they include Wade Miley, and they may include a guy like Brad Peacock, given Josh James's injury. Now, there's a, a couple other guys that are fighting for a spot, Amber Valdez. That being one of them. 
But we always want the Astros guys because they're, well, they're really good at starting pitching. Yeah, no one's talking about Colin McHugh or Wade Miley or Brad Peacock or Valdez in seemingly any way. Frank, I ask you, where are these guys going and are you interested in any of them? Colin McHugh, for sure, because we've, we've actually seen him be a starting pitcher before with the Astros and actually be really good. I mean, if you remember, we got to go back a little bit, but 2014, 2.73 ERA in 154 innings, 25 starts with the Astros. He was kind of the start of like when they were figuring out how to like develop every starting pitcher that came their way. Uh, 2015, he regressed a little bit, but still a 3.89 ERA. And then, you know, last year... He was only in the bullpen. They kind of used him as like a multi-inning uh, weapon. We call it that. I mean, K per nine up over 11, 1.99 ERA. The XFIP was 3.26, but definitely has my attention. Callum McHugh, uh, definitely a guy that has my attention here. Um, he, you know, he throws the fastball. He throws the, the four-seamer. He throws the cutter a little bit. He throws a slider 24% of the time. That's really the pitch that he's developed. And I've heard people talking about this, is that he's actually worked with Brad Peacock, uh, with the with the Astros organization, developed a slider over the past two years. That you know, in 2017 he threw it 17% of the time. Last year he threw it 24% of the time, and that was as mainly as a reliever. So now he has a new weapon that he's bringing back to the starting rotation, which I think can ultimately help him out. The swinging strikes were way up last year as well. So definitely, Colin McHugh has my attention. Uh, I have him ranked uh, in this tier with you know with John Gray and a lot of these other guys that we're talking about, Tyler Skaggs and Arietta. I have Colin McHugh at 55. Um, definitely has my attention. Definitely a guy that I'm paying attention to. The other guys, like, I think McHugh is firmly entrenched in the rotation as of right now. Um, I think they kind of might mix and match a little bit for the rest of these names here, Greg, with, with Framber Valdez, who had an elite ground ball percentage last year, 70% at the major league level, but he's consistently been over 50% in the minors. Uh, he could be like a strikeout per inning kind of guy. That's what he has been. Struggles with command, but definitely gets a lot of ground balls. Uh, and then Wade Miley, too. Wade Miley is in the mix here. Um, he's he's pitched well in the spring, small sample size. Another name to pay attention to during the spring. Let's see how Wade Miley kind of uh, progresses here with the Astros. But everything the Astros have touched has turned to gold, Greg. So Wade Miley, um, you know, he pitched well last year. The the peripherals say that he was very lucky with the, with the Milwaukee Brewers, but he's had success in the past. These are kind of the guys that the Astros have taken and turned into something. So... Uh, Wade Miley going super late. I mean, he's not going Jeff Samarja late. But actually, he is. He's going one spot ahead of Jeff Samarja. There you go. <laughs> 466. He's going very late. That's good value, I mean, These man. are guys like end of your draft. Take a stab here. Uh, you know, Wade Miley, Colin McHugh definitely have my attention. And I think they're going to kind of mix and match the fifth spot. I agree with you. Between Valdez and... Peacock. Peacock and Josh James, hopefully, once he gets healthy. I mean, a lot of people are excited about Josh James, and rightfully so. I mean, he's got some filthy, filthy stuff. Now he's dealing with the injury, and they really don't have many reasons to rush him. And then we haven't even mentioned you know, their top pitching prospect, Forrest Whitley, Greg, who had the suspension last year, who everyone's talking about. Everyone's trying to find who's this year's Walker Bueller. Yep. Who's the prospect yep. that can come up and pitch, you know, 100 and maybe 100, 120 innings and really be dominant at the major league level? A lot of people have thrown Forrest Whitley's name out there. So if he performs in the minors... And they don't have anyone who's necessarily cemented that fifth rotation spot. Forrest Whitley could be a name that comes up. So if you have if you have a minor league spot on your team, which in my home league we have two minor league spots, so I, I'll use you know one of my later draft picks on minor league players. Forrest Whitley definitely definitely a name to uh, pay attention to because if he's pitching well, absolutely, I think he's going to be up in the rotation. 
Absolutely. The, um, the Astros are a team you always want to follow. The Astros are a team that continues to produce starting pitchers. Nice. And I think ultimately, late in your draft, it's where you want to potentially take a stab. Continuing on, jumping around here, just some pitchers that interest me. I want to get to Marco Gonzalez, and I want to get to Luke Weaver. Two guys that are both former Cardinals prospects, both had high pedigrees, both no longer pitch for the Cardinals. Luke Weaver was, well, kind of with James Paxton last year, kind of like a Mike Clevenger, a Shane Bieber. Like, these were guy, a guy that everybody was in on. He was being drafted about. as a top 30 starting pitcher. He was, I didn't draft him anywhere. I worried that he was only a two-pitch pitcher. And he was. That's why he got bombed. Bombed away. He says he's added a pitch. How's his spring been? How's his spring been? He pitched yesterday. yesterday. He allowed one earned run. I believe he had he had three strikeouts in three innings pitched. Only one earned run allowed. Uh, he's worked on a curveball. I know you've read the article. There's an article on the Athletic. Again, this is something. These are ta- this is a ta- tangible change now that Luke Weaver is making. Where you know he's got one of these machines. It's like a Trevor Bauer kind of machine where like he throws curveballs and they tell him you know how good the curveball is, how much spin rate it has on him, like what he needs to do better to make that curveball better. So he's making a conscious effort here to develop a third pitch. We already know the fastball can be solid, you know, 93, 94 miles per hour. The changeup is really his money pitch, but he needed to develop a third pitch. So if Luke Weaver can develop that curveball, um, and he was being drafted as a top 30 starting pitcher last year, Greg, I'm with you. I'm kind of buying the hype. It's just a post-hype sleeper. Yeah, definitely, definitely some post-hype sleeper appeal here. I have Luke Weaver ranked as uh, as my 61st starting pitcher, again, in this tier. I mean, a lot of these names, I don't know if we'll get to all of them, just because there's so many to, like, to mention, but Jesus Luzardo mm-hmm. with the Oakland A's, a lot of people think, again, if you're looking for this year's Walker Buehler, it might be him. Julio Urias, I think, is in this range as well. Joey Lucchese, who has pitched very well throughout the spring, showed us some flashes last year with the Padres as well. Alex Reyes with the Cardinals... I don't know how many innings he's going to go. Maybe like 100, 110. Yep. But they can be really, really good innings. Jimmy Nelson. I mean, man, I, I just, I want to load up on as many of these pitchers on my bench as I possibly can. I, I don't know if I want these guys to be like my, in my starting rotation. But that, that's reserved for some of these other guys that we've talked you don't about have earlier a, you don't, on. There's a rotation. That's not a thing. A fantasy rotation. What? Um, these guys, I don't know if I want them in them, in like rounding out, but just try to take as many stabs on these guys. Uh, on your bench as you possibly can. One name that you really have loved that is above these guys is Marco Gonzalez. Well, I don't mind being in my rotation. How come? Who can be like that sixth starting pitcher. I, I think he's a, I think he's a, he's a stabilizer in terms of ratios. Uh, I tweeted this out last night, Greg. Drink. The difference between Marco Gonzalez and Miles Michaelis, really not that different at all. Uh, besides, you know, the ERAs are drastically different, but the underlying numbers, not so different. Marco Gonzalez had a 4.00 ERA, but he had a 3.59 XFIP, a 21% strikeout rate, a 4.7% walk rate, 9.3% swinging strike rate, 66% first pitch strike percentage, and he got people to chase 36% of the time. He has an ADP of 282. Now, Miles Michaelis, remember remember what I said. He had a 2.83 ERA, so, I mean, he was far superior. 2.83 versus 4.00. The XFIP was 3.67. It was worse than Marco Gonzalez. His 18% strikeout, Miles Michaelis, worse than Marco Gonzalez. 3% worse. 3.6% walk rate, that was a little bit better than Marco. 9.6% swinging strike rate, marginal difference. It's basically the same. The first pitch strike percentage, better for Miles Michaelis. He pounds on strike zone, for sure. Swinging strike rate, 36.6%. 
I mean, it's 0.7% better than Marco Gonzalez. They're the same starting pitcher. They do not miss a lot of bats. They are ERA and whip stabilizers. They are not going to walk guys. They are control artists. Uh, They're not going to blow you away. I do think that Miles Michaelis can take a step up this year in terms of strikeout rate, kind of like what we see here from Marco Gonzalez with a 3% strikeout rate better, 21%. And that kind of made Marco Gonzalez a... A 7.8, you know, right around 8 strikeout per 9 kind of guy. I think Miles Michaelis can make that jump. But they should not be going nearly 200 picks apart. They're basically the same guy. Sure. I mean, I think it's a little Seattle Mariners bias here. Everyone thinks the Understandably Mariners are going to so. suck. Mm-hmm. But so if will. you think about it, he pitches in Safeco. I mean, I don't even know if they're called Safeco anymore. I feel like they might have a new name. Mm-hmm. But it's a, it's a good park to pitch in. Absolutely. The underlying numbers are basically the same. They're going 200 picks apart. I'm a big Marco Gonzalez fan. He's inside my top 55. I believe I have him as my 54th. Uh, no, I have him as my 53rd starting pitcher. If I get him as my my fifth or sixth starting pitcher on my team, rounding out my fantasy rotation, I love it. You want to um, you want to draft Felix Hernandez as well? No, I do not. All right, let's go to the. Phone. I mean, you can draft him. He's Madison Bumgarner. Let's go to the phone lines, 844-843-6879, 844-843-6879. Let's hit up our buddy, Stephen, in Massachusetts. What's up, Steve? Hey, Greggy, Frankie, what's up, my guy? How are you, buddy? I'm doing all right. Uh, I noticed that you guys are talking about uh, breakout and sleeper pitchers, so uh, what about uh, Luis Castolo? I know everybody was big on him because of his, uh, he throws the heat and everything, and he kind of he kind of struggled himself, like, um, his record kind of stink, and he was eat, and he was just getting eaten alive in the majors. And then I think what was it towards like the end, he he kind of did something at least respectable. Should should we go after him next year, or uh, should you just wait and see what he does and then then buy him? Yeah. So for Luis Castillo, we spoke about him a lot yesterday with Matt Modica as well. I mean, people are still kind of buying into the hype. I, I, he's definitely considered a breakout starting pitcher. I don't disagree with you. Uh, so he definitely he fits this mold, but. People are still in on Luis Castillo. Like, you're not getting him as much of a discount as some of these other names that we're talking about. He's still being drafted as a top 25 starting pitcher this year. So, you know, people are still buying into what they saw in that second half when he started using the secondary pitches more with the slider and the changeup. And, you know, you referenced that. I believe it was like his final 13 starts or whatever. He had like a a 2.63 ERA. Like, he was very dominant down the stretch last year. I just. I don't know if I trust it enough to take it. I, I think that's basically the easiest way to put it, Greg. Like, I don't... Like, there are people who love Luis Castillo. They're going to be Luis Castillo truthers, and he's going to end up on their teams, but do I really want him as my SP3? I don't know if I could pull the trigger. Yeah, I don't think so either. Yeah, I mean, he did it last year, and it sucked. Yeah. And If I, you want, go back and watch or listen to yesterday's episode. I mean, Modica yeah. gave a, bun- a bunch of reasons why people should buy back in on Luis Castillo, and I respect Modica a lot. A lot of people do. And there are a lot of people who feel the same way as him. I think Luis Castillo is one of those most polarizing players. It's, you know, you either trust it, you buy the stuff, or you don't. And I guess just hearing myself talk about him, I might come out closer to the side that doesn't. Yeah, I think ultimately ultimately it's going to be a preference, right? Like, people that have gotten burned by him in the past, like me, are just going to be less apt to take him. Someone that wants to buy last year's trash, I, I get it, right? Like, that's something that you Modica wants to do that maybe did not get burned by him as much as I did. So I, I mean, I maybe that. look in your home league if people are forgetting about him a little bit more and you're getting him as your SP four, SP five. At that point, I'll take the plunge. Like you know, if I if I have three right. legit starting pitchers and you get him a little bit later in like your home league or or something like that, something you play out with your friends, definitely. Like if I get him as my SP four, SP five, I can do that. I just 
I don't know if I feel comfortable with one of uh, with him as one of my top three starting pitchers. I agree with you. Hey, obviously. can I ask you guys about another guy? Yeah, sure. Yeah, Steve. Uh, what about uh, Marcus Stroman if he get if he ends up getting traded to like a good team? Because like, I know he's like the ground ball pitcher. Like, like he he doesn't have that that uh, strikeout upside. I think as a Costello, but he, I think he's like one one more one of those ground ball guys. And he kind of sucked last year too. Uh, just stay away from him as well. He definitely sucked. He didn't kind of suck. I mean, he definitely sucked. He had a 5.54 ERA. But the underlying numbers, Greg, here, I mean, the FIP and the XFIP were both below four. Marcus Stroman is a better pitcher than what we saw last year. Would you rather have Marcus Stroman or Aaron Sanchez? Go to the rankings. Uh, I, I do like both guys. Uh, I have Stroman at 63. I have Sanchez at 77. I like both guys. I, I think I like Stroman a little bit more. He's, sh- he's shown me a little bit more uh, in the past. I, look, he was flat out brutal last year, but you know, sixty-two percent ground ball rate—that is—that is extraordinary. That is look, he was hurt. He only pitched one hundred and two innings. Like that's not Marcus Stroman. You know when Stroman's on, he's gonna pitch to a sub four ERA. He's gonna get a lot of ground balls. Yeah, his problem has always been he doesn't miss enough bats. He doesn't get enough strikeouts to mitigate his walks. I understand that. He's much better in points leagues because he gives you the volume. As an SP six, you know, in that range, take a st- like he's he's in this range with a lot of these guys, right? Like All right. Back when we come back, the last few starting pitchers here on the BFFs. College basketball has reached the climax of the 2019 season, and the Fantasy Sports Network has you covered for all the news and betting information for the conference tournaments leading up to the big dance. Get the latest wagering and prop bet advice every day from FNTSY's top experts and analysts as they prepare you with the best advice in bracketology. To download the Fantasy Sports Radio app in iTunes and Google Play and watch select programming in the FNTSY YouTube channel, the Fantasy Sports Network, your home for winning big in the month of madness. It's calling the shot. Will, you know me. I'm very lighthearted. I like to have fun. I don't know why. And I, I was talking to my dad about this, too. For some reason, a player in this generation, and I believe that he is, should just sit for the final 18, 19 games of the season because the team may or may not be able to make the playoffs. Well, if they may or may not, why sit? That doesn't make any sense. Thank you. If there's, if, if there's a chance, then he shows up. Weekdays, 8 p.m. to 11 p.m. Eastern on the Fantasy Sports Network and on your popular podcast providers. Maurice Allen. 2015-2016 European Long Drive Tour Champion, 2017 World Number One. Me personally, I keep my game face on me all the time. Especially coming out of the bunker, leaving the range, or even leaving the course. What's your story? Go to GameFaceGrooming.com for all your athletic facial wipes and body cleansing needs. Morning after. Always love King Kong Bundy. Dude's just a badass. I remember him and Andre the Giant always having those battles back in the WWE days. He always wore that same damn like onesie, uh, you know, suit that <laughs> he had. All he could fit into. The black one. Bundy was one of a kind, man. And also, from what I understand, out of the ring, like probably one of the nicest guys that you'll ever meet. Weekdays, 9 a.m. Eastern on FNTSY Radio and on your popular podcast providers. Final 20 minutes of the program here on the Fantasy Best Friends Forever Fantasy Sports Radio Network. 
Let's give you the programming guide for the rest of the day. We've got you covered on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network all day long. Right after us, Scout Fantasy with the good doctor, Dr. Roto and Adam Ronis. Scout Fantasy, 4 to 7 p.m. Eastern Time. Game Time Decisions with Gabe Morenci. And Cam Stewart, Gabe and Cam, red heat and rage. 7 p.m. Eastern, it's TV, it's the NBA Takeaways with Welsh and Bogman, a.k.a. the Welsh and Bogman. At 7.30 p.m. Eastern Time, it's the Fantasy News Desk with Dan Strafford. For 8 to 11, it's calling the shots with Keith Irizarry, my man. Tomorrow night, bright and early, or tomorrow morning, I should say, bright and early, Joe and Dane have Make It Rain from 6 to 9. And 9 to 12 today, a lot of wrestling talk on the morning after this morning. That was East King Kong Bundy. Gabe and Joe Ranieri. And of course, your BFFs will be back from tomorrow uh, from 12 to 2. There you go. Did you watch Raw? Any Raw? Raw? Yeah, that's the game. So you didn't watch any Raw? I didn't night. watch any wrestling. How was it last night? Was it right? It was fine. It doesn't really make much sense. I love what they're doing. Like, they, like everybody kind of knows where they're going with this Becky, Rhonda, and Charlotte stuff. But like, the way they're getting there is very. Like haphazardly, like he like, kind of like cor- like not correcting themselves, but like changing the story and changing everything. It's very stupid, obviously. And then they do this thing where like why Tri- wrestling has taken a bit of a backseat for me. And then they do this thing where Triple H said, "Hey, Batista, you're not fighting Triple H, the character or the script. Dave, you're fighting me." I'm like, what? What are we doing here? It's corny. It's it, Dave Batista <laughs> is not fighting Paul Levesque. Uh, it is Batista fighting Triple H. And then he's like, Ric Flair, it wasn't Ric Flair's birthday, it was Richard Flair's birthday. And I'm like, come on. What's happening? Bro? So is it Ronda Rousey fighting Rebecca Quinn versus Ashley Flair? Is that, where, is that the main event here? You're a little more fired up about this than it's I am. Stupid. <laughs> it's just stupid. Sure, if I watched it, I'd be there with you, Greg. I don't know if you'd feel like I do. Like, the main event, it's Brock Lesnar versus Colby Lopez. Stupid. Anything else you want to get off your chest? Uh, the Shield reunited for the billionth time. Okay, great. Yeah. Does that mean Degeneration X is going to well, come back as well? They're in the Hall of Fame. Uh, is NWO, uh, NWO coming back as well? I don't think so. I feel like every couple of years they just bring all these factions back. Yeah, the Shield uh, is very much back. They're facing. All right, let's get uh, starting pitchers. We have 15 minutes to go. Um, so I want to break it down for you. The last names. There's a million names on here, and if you want more, go to Frank's Patreon. It, it, it's all going to be there, and unfortunately, you do have to pay a little bit to get that one. He's not asking for much. He, it's a very reasonable amount. If you want his help to do everything inside your draft, I know my buddy Jeremy was here, and he wants it. And Frank's like, sure, give me your email, but really, I need you to give me like $25. That's what he's asking for. $25 a month, and you get exclusive access to Frank at all times. He's legitimately forced to respond to your text messages. So, please... Pay it $25. I'll help you through your draft. I did ask him. We have a draft at the same time next Tuesday night as my draft. So I asked him if I paid him $25 what he would do. He didn't really have a response to that. So that's interesting. I got some bathroom breaks I could probably work in there. Answer your text messages. You have no choice. <laughs> of course. I pay you money. You have to do it. But you don't want to pay Frank $25. But it's different because it's you, you know. I, if I, but if I pay you, I'm a paying customer. <laughs> if I don't pay you, you can ignore my texts. Um, if you want to pay less, you just want access to his rankings. It costs like 10 bucks. So that's like... 
It's honestly the cheapest draft pack you can get. Just finished my pitch rank. Well, you, as you see, I'm still finalizing my pitch rank. They constantly change. The cool thing about Frank's doing, yeah, I'm gonna keep like updating. every time we talk about it here, he updates it. And you don't, you don't get old rankings ever on the Patreon. Frank constantly updates them. Um, so it's $10 a month. It, it costs nothing. It's the cheapest draft package you could possibly get. And, and it's well worth it. If you want to pay a little bit less, uh, you get a little bit less. I wouldn't recommend paying less than 10 bucks. in all honesty. That's how you get the most. It's a ten dollar range is probably the most bang for your buck, unless you like really need Frank's help during the draft, and you should pay the twenty five dollars. Mm-hmm. But the best bang for your buck is probably the ten dollar range. I'm being honest. Yeah, I've I've offered. Uh, look, if I'm home doing nothing while you're drafting, or if I have a spare second, uh, like I'll Facetime you. I'll Facetime you during your draft. I'll answer your questions like live. What if we you have a draft going on at the same time? Bathroom break. <laughs> but if I demand a Facetime, <laughs> I want it. Yes, I will help my paying customers, Greg. All right, figure it out. I'm just saying. Look, I mean, during our draft, we have we have three people that are available to like. It's me, you, and Florio sharing a team. But I have my other draft going on. But I have my other draft happening. All right, so at least Florio's around. It's fine. And if it's during the auction, then you're around. Yeah, definitely during. Definitely around during the auction. BFF's got my back. Are you not? Are you not dangerously worried though during an auction? What could happen if you just let me go? I am extremely. (laughs) Because then I'm going to come back to like Wilmer Flores and. Whatever other scrub you could find, Cedric Mullins. No, oh, I like Cedric Mullins. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> Flores and, is and, and no Jeff Samardi. Greg, we're, get, we're getting Jeff Samardi. He's a dollar. He's a buck bash on our team. Not doing that. He's dude. a buck bash. Who's your what? buck bash? Like, we'll get Luke Weaver. But we got to get Jeff Samardi. Wilmer Flores, man. We got we to appease both sides here. Greg. Wilmer Flores, is, that's the man. The right, man. There's, a, there's a lot of names here to get to. I, I think we should, like, we should both highlight, like, five names that we haven't mentioned yet on the show. Sure. And just kind of, like, Get as many of these players on your bench as you possibly can because they have upside kind of guys. I want to start with Alex Reyes with the St. Louis Cardinals, who's a name we haven't gotten to yet. Obviously, he missed almost all of last year. He missed the year before with Tommy John. He's a former top prospect and was probably on his way to winning rookie of the year a couple of years ago before he got hurt. He is electric. As long as he's in the starting rotation, which he looks to be, he's worth drafting, man. And that's... Alex Reyes is awesome. I want Alex Reyes. We should talk more about Alex Reyes. Yeah, I do have some concerns over the innings. I don't know how many, you know, look, he's coming off major injury. Last year, he tried to come back. He got hurt as well. Um, I don't know how many innings they're going to let him go. Just flat out, like, it might be 100. It might be 120. Like, I personally, I wouldn't expect more than 120. I think that's, like, the aggressive side of things, too. But they could be 120 really good innings. I mean, this is a guy, again, electric fastball. He has, you know, breaking stuff, which is, you know, high into the upper 80s. Um, the strikeouts are going to be there. Like, there's a lot to like about Alex Reyes. I just don't know how many innings he's going to give you. So, for me, much more of a roto play, maybe like a head-to-head categories kind of guy. Uh, because in, uh, for head-to-head points leagues, we haven't really talked about this much this year, but we hammered it a lot in the past, is you want guys that are for points leagues that are going to give you volume. Like, Rick Porcello is a guy that finishes you know inside the top 20 or 25 every year in points leagues because he gives you 200 innings. And... You know, he doesn't give up a lot of hits, and, I mean, he doesn't walk a lot of guys. So, um, like, volume is more so key than, like, per inning, per start kind of stuff. Like, the Rich Hills of the world, the Alex Reyes, like, Julio Urias. Like, these guys might not give you a lot of innings, but they're better for Roto because when they do pitch, they're going to be really, really good. Totally agree with you. Totally agree with you. I think you want to take a stab on at least one of them. At least one of uh, Urias. Urias looked very good yesterday. Alex Reyes. Like, take a shot on one of these guys. The dividends can be just massive, in my opinion. All right, who do you got, Frank? I think Jimmy Nelson is a name worth bringing up. And I know, I I 
feel like we were going to ask Dr. Ray. Maybe we didn't get to him. I, I think we got to add it to the list. Right. And we got to get Jimmy Nelson. Who's the other guy thoughts. we got to ask about? Mm. Yesterday, so it was a starting pitcher, probably. Mm. Bumgarner? Is it Bumgarner? Doesn't sound right. Poltonevich? Well, yeah, well, I was going to ask about him. Severino now, too. <laughs> it's going to be a nice little pitcher episode uh, with Dr. Ray on Thursday. Mm. But uh, Jimmy Nelson, man, the last time we saw Jimmy Nelson, and, uh, you know, again, I don't know how many innings he's going to go, but the last time we saw Jimmy Nelson healthy, pretty, pretty damn good. And, you know, that was in 2017, 175 and a third innings pitched. That He had been coming off three years in a row where he had gone at least 175 innings. Again, I don't know what the innings are going to look like for Jimmy Nelson. It might be 130, it might be 140, but I mean, that year in 2017, he finally became the pitcher we always wanted him to be. 3.49 ERA, the case per nine over 10, the walks per nine, 2.46, 50% ground ball rate. I mean, he's just hammering all everything that I want to see from a starting pitcher. Getting strikeouts, limiting the walks, getting a lot of ground balls. The ERA indicators were right in line. The hard hit rate was 31.8%. Uh, the swinging strike rate was a career high that year. The chase rate was up. I mean, Jimmy Nelson finally came into his own, and I really hope that he can uh, bring back some of that magic that we saw in 2017 because if he can, again, you're talking about these guys paying off major dividends here. I think uh, I think Jimmy Nelson is uh, another one of those names that fits right in. The Brew Crew need a uh, pitcher that they can rely on. You saw in the playoffs, they didn't have any, right? So it worked out. I mean, they went to game seven in the NLCS, so it worked out totally fine. But they could certainly use an ace, and Jimmy Nelson was supposed to be that guy for a long time for this team. Got hurt, never made it back last year. But Jimmy Nelson, if he can stay healthy and find that rhythm that he had just a couple of years ago, I think he's a good late-round pick for you. I'm up next here, Frank, and I want to bring up a guy we were talking about before, and that's Vinny Velasquez, who always has been able to strike people out. Always walks a ton of people, but every time you want to cut him, he just gives you that good start. I like Vinny Velasquez. I like him a lot as well. I mentioned, uh, I heard this, shout out to the uh, the Fantasy Baseball Today's podcast from CBS Sports. They mentioned that uh, Vince Velasquez is working with a mental health coach uh, to try and help him calm down a little bit because he gets so amped up when, when pitchers are on base. So... Uh, that's something that he is working on consciously here. So we'll see, like if that can make the difference. Like he's always, he's always struggled with, you know, once guys get on base, he just walks more guys, he gives up hits and stuff. But he is elite. You know, we've seen games where he gets like 15 strikeouts. You know, mid 90s fastball, a legitimate slider there with Vince Velasquez. He's always had the stuff. I mean, you have to worry about with the with the command, but uh, there's a lot of moving parts with Vince Velasquez. But I do think the talent is there. Uh, he's just got to find a way to put it all together. Greg, I'm going to throw another name here yeah. out there. And um, it's a name that we saw last year who kind of burst out and we didn't really know anything about him. It's Joey Lucchese, who kind of throws this weird, I don't even know what to call it. It's yep. like a changeup, but it's kind of has like curve break to it. Like it's a really, really weird pitch, really unique pitch. And worries me a little bit because he really only has two pitches. But I mean, this pitch that he throws is like nothing that we've really seen before. I'm telling you, it's like a really, really unique changeup that he throws here. He's basically just fastball changeup, but he's looked good in the spring as well. He pitched well yesterday. Uh, he was up over 10 strikeouts per nine last year. He pitched to a 4.08 ERA, not great, but the 3.45 XFIP says that he was a little bit unlucky. I mean, he had a 20.4% home run to fly ball ratio pitching in Petco in, in San Diego, so a little bit unlucky there. Joey Lucchese is, is a guy that I don't want people to forget about this year. Yeah, I actually moved Joey Lucchese up my rankings before we started the show because Florida had him like super, super low, and I, I thought that was a mistake. I think he 
proved last year. I have him at 60. I think that's a, that's the right spot for him. I think he's a suitable starting pitcher, and I think um, that it's certainly worth mentioning a guy like Joey Lucchese. I want to bring up another guy that we've talked about briefly. You're going to laugh Jeff at some margin? No. It's, he's much worse than, Zach, than Jefferson Marja. <laughs> and it's a guy you loved last year, and he was terrible, and you're going to yell at me the second I say his name. Uh, and that's Zach Godley. Because the, the fifth and the extra and the underlying stats are all very good. But Zach Godley has no control at all. And we saw it in spring training already. He was in midseason form. But if he can get things under control... Which he won't. He'll probably be pretty good for you. No. Okay. It's not going to happen. All right. Zach, look, Zach Godley burned me big time last year. I watched a lot of Zach Godley starts. This guy throws his curveball. Here you go. I'll, I'll pull it up for you. He throws his curveball 40.3% of the time. It's quite a bit. He uses his curveball like a fastball. Like, he establishes the strike zone with his curveball. Problem with a curveball, it's kind of hard to spot. You don't really know where it's going half the time. Like, yeah, you want it to be a strike, but, you know, he throws it so much, and he, like, falls way off the mound, like, towards first base. Like, there's a lot going on with his delivery. I watched a lot of Zach Godley. Like, all of his pitches are basically breaking pitches. Like, he doesn't have a legitimate... Like, he throws a sinker, but... He really throws like a cutter a lot of the time as well. All of his pitches have cut to them and have movement, and it's hard for him to throw them for strikes. I hear what you're saying, Greg. Like, if he could get the walks per yep. nine back closer to like the low threes, then mm-hmm. maybe he can pull this off. But the walks per nine were over four last year, and I think that was a product of people saw him in 2017 and they realized, hey, this guy only throws breaking stuff, and hey, half the time he doesn't know where it's going. So. I'm just going to lay off it. And that, that happened a lot last year with Godley. He fell behind in counts, and then he had to throw what you would, you know, what he calls a fastball right into the middle of the zone, and then he gets hammered. So there's just there's too much going on for me. Like, I understand the strikeouts are there. If you just want, like, a strikeout pitcher late in your draft, sure. I mean, you can get him for that, but I, I think he's going to hurt your ERA and whip quite a bit. You want another guy? I know it's your term. You want another guy who's very similar but doesn't strike out as many players but walks an F-ton? Who's that? Sean Newcomb. Nobody wants Sean Newcomb. Nope. He went super late in my great fantasy baseball draft. Like, nobody wants him. He was awesome in the first half last year. He went around 22 of a 15 team. It's pretty late. He went like one pick ahead of Freddie Peralta. Like, he, you know, he was going very late. And he, this was a guy who was awesome in the first half last year in Sean Newcomb, but just the walks are so worrisome. And he, he just doesn't strike out enough guys to mitigate those walks either. Like, 8.78 walks per night, like 3.90 ERA. The FIP and XFIP both over four. It's like, there's just not, there wasn't a lot to like about Sean Newcomb. Once teams like started figuring him out, his first pitch strike percentage, we've been talking a lot today about, you want people to establish that strike zone up over 60% first pitch strike percentage. This is one of the worst I've seen. 53.9% for Sean Newcomb. I know you brought him up. Yep. Hey, he's not a guy that I'm targeting. I don't know what I'm targeting either. I just think it was an interesting name. He is an interesting name. That's all. Just, just someone that catches my eye when you look down the rankings. That's all. I'll throw another one your way, Greggy. Uh, Let's do it. That's Michael Pineda. Yeah. Former Yankee great Michael Pineda. Uh, and how people were a little bit excited about his start that he made the other day where the velocity was up. And rightfully so. You should be. He's always been a guy that has pretty good stuff. And like he was always talked about in the same conversation as Robbie Ray where the peripherals were so much better all the time. He would get a lot of strikeouts, but he would always have like an over four ERA because he pitched in Yankee Stadium and he gave up so many home runs. Well, target field, uh, pitching in the AL Central, he's not going to face the same type of competition that he was before. And he, he pitches in a little bit of a bigger ballpark here. Coming off Tommy John, don't know how many innings he's going to give you, but he's 
he's he's now like a year and a half or like two years removed from Tommy John. Yep. So I have a little more faith. Maybe mm-hmm. he'll give you like 130, 140 innings pitched. He's always the talent has always been there. I don't think that's a problem for Michael Pineda. So I'm watching him. And you know what? I'll also throw his teammate in there. And shout out to Florio. I know he just wrote something on his Patreon about him. You know, sign up for my Patreon. Sign up for Florio's Patreon as well. Uh, and and you're gonna think that uh, you're gonna think it's gross, Greg. Remember the name Martin Perez? Who used to pitch for the Texas, Texas Rangers. Rangers sure. Sucks, right? Like it's mm-hmm. gross. Apparently, the other day in spring, he was throwing 96, 97 miles per hour. Whereas in his career, he's like 90, 91. So could we have another Charlie Morton on our hands here with Martin Perez? Sure. Name to watch. Name to watch during the spring. If he continues throwing 95 plus here throughout the spring, and he's kind of he's figured out a, a new level. You know, he's reaching back and he's throwing throwing a little bit harder here. Maybe we have another Charlie Morton on our hands. One more, one more team I want to mention before we wrap this up, and that's the Dodgers. We talked about Urias. We talked about Rich Hill. Obviously, Clayton Kershaw. Everyone loves these guys, though. The problem is you're not getting them at a good price, in my opinion. Besides those guys. Maeda, Stripling, Hyunjin Ryu. Correct. They all go at, like, they all go decently high, actually. Really? Like, higher than anyone that we've talked about to this point. No way. Like, not everyone, but higher than, like, this tier that we've talked about this segment. Yeah. They consistently go higher than those Fair enough. I mean, they're gonna, they're all going to pitch because they just have so much depth. Justice Sheffield, another name. Justice Sheffield will throw him out there. Aaron Sanchez, for sure, has my attention. Pay attention to him uh, during the spring. Michael Fulmer. I, I, I tweeted out an article last night about Michael Fulmer. Trevor Williams was awesome last year. Uh, I'm out. All right, just give me all that. Right, Relievers are up tomorrow for Frank Stanfield. I'm Greg Sussman. We will see you then. We, we hope. hope.